Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Beyond the Noise, the podcast series from PR Week. I'm John Harrington, the editor of PR Week UK. This is the second of two episodes looking at the new generation of talent in PR, their expectations of the sector, what makes them tick and what PR could do better. Now, you may have seen PR Week has been running a series of articles based on a recent survey of Gen Z folk working in comms to hear their take on the industry. Everything from flexible working to AI to alcohol. Check those out if you haven't already. Today's guests are two high-flying comms professionals who are both finalists in the Young Game Changer category at this year's PR Week UK Awards. We have Marlini Bargav, Senior Consultant, ESG and Purpose at Blurred. Hello, Marlini. Hello. And we have Amandeep Turner, Senior Account Manager at Harvard. Hello, Amandeep. Hello. So my co-host today is one of PR Week's resident Gen Z's reporter, Eliza Radu. Hello, Eliza. Hi. I'm going to dive in straight with some questions and a, a kind of an overview question to start. Um, I just wonder if you could both describe your roles at the moment and your career journey so far. Who would like to, to kick off? I'm happy to go first. Um, so I entered PR from the charity sector. Um, I was doing a bunch of work with an education business partnership based in Slough, had to get Slough in there. Um, and we basically worked with local schools and colleges and local businesses and introduced the two. And as part of that, we worked quite regularly with um, kind of a CSR, comms leads, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and through that, one of them introduced me to PR, an industry that I had never heard of until I was about 23 years old, um, and just said that she thought that I might enjoy it. Um, from there, I started working at Brands to Life, um, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Um, it was a great introduction to, to PR. I worked with a really solid group of people and 
two of my SAMs taught me everything that I know. Um, and then from there, moved to a much smaller agency. There are about five of us. So it was a very different pace of life, um, kind of thrown in at the deep end in obviously the best way possible. Um, and then came to work at Harvard just because I made a kind of determined decision to work somewhere that was um, part of the blueprint status, um, just to kind of recognize DEI comms um, and the like. And um, yeah, that's been my journey so far. Fantastic. And Malini? Uh, so I'm a senior consultant at Blurred. I joined Blurred last summer um, and I started my career. I was an intern at a small agency called um, Gong Communications has since rebranded to Willful. And um, I didn't know anything about PR. I just joined from university and was, again, really thrown into the deep end, but enjoyed being in such a small agency where I could um, learn and grow really quickly. Uh, from there, I moved on to Instinctive Partners. I wanted to try something a bit bigger um, and uh, a bit more corporate, I suppose, in its feel. Um, and I also did corporate communications at Instinctive for a few years. And at Instinctive, we launched something called Reinventing Responsibility, which is the ESG and sustainability offering. And through doing that, I realized that's where my passion really was. And I decided I wanted to do all things ESG all the time. So I moved to Blurred, which is, of course, a specialist in ESG and purpose. And yeah, I've been loving it ever since. Great. So did you always want to work in comms and like what drew you to the industry? So no, I didn't always want to work in comms, mostly because I didn't know that it was an industry that existed. And I think that's also been one of the reasons why, especially at Harvard, I'm so focused on diversifying that access to comms for people like me who who didn't know that it was a possible career path and have been given the tools and um and the kind of mindset and skills to to thrive basically um yeah so i think yeah didn't know that it was what i wanted to do but i think what drew me to the industry was, and this is always the way that it's described, isn't it? Just like, if you're a people person, if you like building relationships, both internally and with clients and with journalists and with yourself, um, it's the best thing to do. And then obviously the content appeals as well. So it was kind of, it seemed like the ideal place for me. Yeah. Similarly, I didn't know much about comms when I started. Um, I found it uh, yeah, I found out about the industry through an internship and, um, but I felt like I had some good transferable skills just because I did a history degree. And so I was very, um, interested in research and learning and finding about more. And obviously when you're an AE at a comms firm, you do lots of research. <laughs> so that was definitely something that I felt I fit right into. And again, I really liked the people dynamics. I liked working in teams to kind of set up. Um, and yeah, I, I quickly yeah, learned a lot. It was a very small agency that I joined. And so I just sort of picked it up as I went along. Um, but yeah, we have a very sort of thriving internship uh, offering at Blurred. And it's something that I'm also really passionate about. I love working with interns. I think um, I can really relate. I was there sort of not too many years ago. <laughs> and um, yeah, I love like supporting people on their journeys as well. It's interesting you talk about the internship and obviously there are different ways to get into the industry internships. We, mm -hmm. we hear about, we hear about apprenticeships. Mm -hmm. um, another way is obviously academic qualifications, which is something sure. that, that we asked the sort of cohort of, of Gen Zs in our, in our recent survey. What's, mm -hmm. what's your view of, um, of academic qualifications? Do you think, do you think they're necessary? Do you think they're very helpful, slightly helpful, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not that helpful at all? What's, what's your sort of take on, mm -hmm. on academia? 
I wouldn't say it's a strict requirement. I mean, I didn't, I don't have an academic qualification. Also, I know lots of people didn't too. But I would say you do have to have that hunger for learning. And it doesn't mean that you have to go on a course or any sort of yeah paid um, opportunity. But you, but you do have to always be reading or talking to people or maybe joining webinars. It is a constantly evolving landscape. And I think what's great about PR is that you have to be like very current. And so you have to have your eyes open and your ears open all the time. Um, so I wouldn't say that you have to have an academic qualification, but definitely that kind of hunger to learn more and, um, yeah, be uh, sort of ready to learn more information wherever you can. Yeah. And that's something that we would say when I was at learning to work as well. It's just, you know, it's about the transferable skills. And we say that to students right from when they're 11 up to 18 and onwards. I mean, we say that now as well, you know, whether it's kind of you're you're an agency and you're working with a new client, maybe you're used to working with enterprise tech and then suddenly you're doing innovation or like whatever it is, there's, you're not going to know everything at any, like at any point in your career, because otherwise what's the point you need to be constantly learning and kind of evolving your mindset. so it's basically just saying that to an 18 year old or a 21 year old is the exact same thing as saying it to a 30 year old or a 40 year old. So, yeah, agreed. So how did your first impressions of the industry differ from your expectations? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd gone from and I promise I will actually stop mentioning Slough at some point, but I'd gone from working um, in a really multicultural community, um, working with really kind of, you know, students from students, teachers, everyone from a completely different set of backgrounds. And then I don't think I fully realised what the PR industry looks like before I entered it. Um it was also in London, which is somewhere that I'd never, you know, um, Brands Life obviously in London, which is a place I'd never worked before. So I think for me, the main difference was just kind of acclimatizing to speaking to a new group of people. We all have, you know, like they call it a phone voice, right? Like you have, you know, you have your phone voice, whether you're talking to whoever it is. So I think at the start, especially just kind of having to have my phone voice be my identity for a certain period of time took a bit of getting used to. And obviously I was new, I was fresh, I was green. And then you kind of realize what the boundaries are, you know, both kind of with yourself and with the people that you're working with. Um, And obviously everybody's brilliant and really caring and nurturing. So it kind of comes with time, but I think that was the, the biggest difference for me. Interesting. Um, I didn't have too many expectations either. I think I was, just ready to be immersed in something new and learn as I went along. Um, I think looking back, probably I it's it can be a little bit lonely as an AE, especially when you start out. You don't feel like you can necessarily like talk with openly about all your questions that you have. So I think now it's just really important about making sure people feel comfortable in that environment. They feel like it's a inclusive. Um, sort of culture and they feel like their voices are really heard from the outset so that's yeah something that I've taken on from my early days a reflection that I've had. Do you feel it can sometimes feel in the early days a bit hierarchical maybe sometimes this industry? It can yeah I think so I think with the with the bands they can seem quite sort of as a very set structure. Um, I would say at Blood we make a really big sort of 
it's a really intentional thing that we try to make it quite a flat structure. So even though we do have we have job titles as anywhere else, we do make sure that um, people feel like they can voice their opinions and and we give people like the respect and the space to be heard. Um, but I I do understand that that's not true of necessarily every every agency in the in the space, and I do think it's something that we should all be working towards. I also think it's the way that it's spoken about. I think for me personally, when I was an AE and I heard the company that I was working for described as a flat structure, to me, it was anything. I don't think anywhere with levels and a natural hierarchy in place, because that's how the job gets done. I don't think anywhere, this is again, just my personal opinion, anywhere can be a flat structure because you do need people like, you know, an AE has a different role to an AM who has a different role to a director, to an MD. And that's what keeps agencies and kind of general workplaces moving I think for me and the thing that I try and say to AEs is is and and AMs and everyone to myself and everybody is not necessarily about it being a flat structure but more just kind of like everybody wants to hear your opinion and I suppose it's the same kind of message but you know we don't want people and Brands Life was really good for this when I was an AE as well kind of making sure that when you're in a brainstorm you don't just have one person sat in the corner because they're an AE and they feel like they can't say their idea because that's the idea that could win you a campaign um so I think it's just kind of making sure going around being really active and just making sure that everybody has a voice and that you're the person who's asking them to voice their voice if that makes any sense I think that's the main thing for me it's interesting, isn't it? Do you, th- do you think sometimes there can be sort of structures that prevent that happening, maybe? That, you know, people who might have good creative ideas, but might not have necessarily the, the or feel they have the status to, or the right to, to express it, they might, mm. you know, those ideas might not get, get mentioned. Yeah, I think that can happen. I also think it's the issue with um, role models. Often it has historically been the case that higher up in companies, you don't see as much diversity. I definitely felt early on in my career there was a lack of leadership especially from like a South Asian female perspective and that in a way sort of um, subconsciously uh, made me feel like my voice was maybe less valid than someone else's so I really do think diversity and inclusion is the key for going to uh, help people um, come into their own and and to your point earlier about um, sort of embracing your true identity, I think we do need people at all levels of the organisation who are diverse and and represent yeah, all different groups of society. I think that's really the way forward for the industry. Yeah, 100%. And also, I think the other thing is PR and comms generally is very who can shout the loudest. And it's always been like that. And to a certain degree, I think it always will be like that. So at the end of the day, it's up to the people who shout the loudest to make sure that sometimes, personally speaking as well, sometimes they take a little bit of a backseat and actually give other people in the room a chance to voice their opinion. Otherwise, if you're constantly shouting, then nobody else is going to be heard, are they? Yeah, no, very fair points, I think. Um, and I guess coming into this, this is one, one of the questions we asked last time, actually, when we, we had um, a similar um, podcast theme. Um we like to ask about what your sort of favourite things have been about working in comms, but also your least favourite things. Um, and I guess maybe we touched on some of these, but um, who would like to go first on on this? What's really struck you as, as the best? Should we start with the best first? Start yeah. with the positive? Yeah. 
I'm happy to go. Um, I think one of the best things for me, and as much as I hate it when a PR agency calls itself a family, <laughs> um, it can at times feel like you are part of something that's bigger than just yourself and that's bigger than just a workplace. Um, and I think speaking from experience at Harvard, um, it's, I mean, it's very much made that a reality. I think especially over... Um, well, since I've been here, but I think especially over the last week or so, um, given the recent news of um, of Don passing, I think the fact that everybody has managed to kind of come together, be really supportive. Um, when Rachel, our, our exec chair, stood up in front of everyone, the, one of the first things that she said was, be kind to everyone. And it's so simple. And yet it goes further than just the stuff that's happened over the last week, I think just generally that's one of the best shifts that I've seen the PR and comms industry industry take is that everyone is definitely being a lot more intentional and a lot kinder to each other. Um, and I think that's really nice to see. Yeah. And it goes out saying we're obviously very sorry to hear about, yeah, about what you. happened to a colleague and um, yeah, you know, our, our thoughts have been with you and, and Harvard in, in this, this time. And um, I think the sort of be kind to everyone is a good, a good message um that we can all we can all take on board in, in obviously work and in, in life so um sure. yeah absolutely and um uh, Melini, what do you what do you what's your take um yeah I think um I agree that the industry has come a long way and uh, often in workplaces or if I speak about blood in particular I have the same feeling I feel really supportive and we do try and encourage each other to be kind of our authentic selves whatever that whatever that looks like um and I would say as well, I really um, sort of admire the sort of workplace and the approach that Nick has put in place at Blood and and the other founders and Stu and Katie and everyone else, which is that real commitment to work with depth. So um, often in the PR industry, it can be so fast paced and so busy and so crazy that we lose that uh, that sort of perspective that a lot of what we're bringing is is sort of a new is a yeah a new way of looking at things or perhaps um, a new observation or and that sometimes takes time to come up with and um, that real sort of commitment to delivering depth for sort of people planet um, is something that I just yeah really love it really um, sort of aligns with my purpose and that's what I really enjoy doing um, at Blurred so yeah I definitely feel very positive about the industry from that perspective. Great. And, you know, without wishing to dwell on the negative, um, some things that, you know, perhaps you're, you're less keen on, your sort of least favourite things that this industry can can throw up. And maybe we've touched on some of them earlier, but um, yeah, who wants to go first? I mean, yeah, it's definitely for me the DEI element. I mean, there's a lot of progress still to be made. Um, I would say, though, that at the same time, there are some really amazing networks and people who are really pushing um, for some of this change. I went on a um, course for the past sort of 10 months called The Exec, and it's for BMEs um, who are sort of in the middle of their career and want to sort of advance those more leadership positions. And it's really catered to teaching you the skills, but also um, giving you a lot of the contacts with other people in the industry, other diverse leaders. Um, and that has really inspired me. And I, I would say as well that not everyone has to do this specific course, I would just say get out there and network and find people um, who who inspire you or who you just want to learn more about. I think I 
I never really did that before I did this course and it has really opened my eyes. And I think there are so many brilliant, amazing people in this industry. Um, and yeah, I would just would encourage everyone to do more networking, which I would never have said a few years ago because <laughs> I didn't really truly yeah, understand the value of it, but it can really help your self-development, but also um, how you work with others. And yeah, it was a really amazing experience for me as well. Yeah, networks is an interesting one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I go to quite a lot of things, you know, as journalists we do. And as, mm-hmm. you know, once you get more into the comms roles, you go, you go into a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, did you find you were kind of nervous at the start of these things or a bit apprehensive maybe? Was there a sort of learning curve yeah, or I think adjustment I, period? Yeah, I think I used to think of networking as quite transactional. Like often you think of it in the context of like new biz and who are you going to meet so you can pitch to the next week. Whereas this is really a case of... Um, how do I sort of get out of my bubble? How do I find people who are in inspiring positions or interesting companies? And it's just about learning really. And, um, people are really often really generous with the advice they want to give or, um, they have things to teach you about how you can evolve or shift. And I think that's the, yeah, real benefit. It's really great for self-development and it's also things that you can take on and, um, and teach and talk to others about. No, for sure. And I think I was just going to say it's the same with journalist coffees and lunches and all those kind of networking events, which are coming back as well. I think when I was NAE, I saw like my first one was absolutely horrendous. I'm so sorry, Joe Lima, because it was honestly terrible. Um, But you kind of go in thinking it's going to be this really transactional list of here are all my clients and here's the list of stuff that I want you to cover for them. And out of this coffee that I've paid three pounds for, this is what you're going to do for me. And it's like, obviously that's not how it works. And now I can see like when I go and meet um, a journalist with a client or without a client or whatever it is, or, you know, we went to Diginomica's um, 10 year anniversary a couple of, a couple of months ago, weeks ago. Um, And it's so nice just to be able to talk about just like normal stuff and actually build a relationship that means a lot more than just hey if I come to your event will you cover my client and I think it's stuff like that that's changing Mm -hmm. back to how it was it like especially when I was in AE because obviously we missed AEs at the moment AEs SAEs AMs probably missed a bunch of that stuff Mm -hmm. so it's nice for them to be able to start doing that again as well. On the topic of journalists how do you like working with journalists? (laughs) Bearing in mind, half the people here are just. I mean, yeah, I'm happy to go. Um, I, I personally really like working with journalists. I think That's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. Um, I think when I think it's also dependent on how you're brought up to talk to journalists. Um, when I was at Brands Life, my two two of my SAMs, um, Maddie and Whitney, were absolutely fantastic at going further than okay cool here's this press release can you just ping it out to a bunch of targets it was never like that you know it was that obviously there's certain occasions where it can be a bit like that but more often than not it was like okay cool instead of spending half an hour like 20 minutes 30 minutes whatever it is writing a pitch I want you to spend an hour where you look into who the best reporter is what they're covering what they're talking about on Twitter now X um, what they're talking about on LinkedIn you know the kinds of things that they're interested in what are they not talking about have they given any advice to PRs and they were so good at doing all of that that that's kind of ingrained Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ...in me now, and that's how I'll kind of make sure that like when I'm talking to any of our AEs or AMs, that's kind of exactly what I do as well. So I think your journalist, working with journalists will be good or bad depending on how you've been brought up in the industry, basically. That's my experience. Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, especially the last few months, I've really shifted my approach where it's less of let's get as many articles as possible um, rather like let's build a relationship with someone who we know can do a really great job of telling this story and is genuinely interested in talking about this issue um, and one piece of coverage in, a, in an amazing title that fits with what the client wants to talk about is a lot more valuable than sort of those awful Excel <laughs> spreadsheets with mm-hmm. hundreds of links in them and um, one thing that we were talking about internally the other day was can we just cancel the idea of a sell-in? Because it shouldn't really be the best approach. And often if you've taken the time to craft a really interesting story and like you said, found the right person who actually wants to talk about it, you don't need to be picking up the phone and trying to catch journalists when they are busy. Um, So that's something that, yeah, I think hopefully will definitely, more of the industry will definitely shift towards. Um, I think as well, but yeah, that point about building relationships is really key. I think why why shouldn't we treat a journalist the same as we would treat like someone in government if we wanted to talk to like a policy lead? You want to invest the same amount of time. You want to put a senior person in front of them. Um, and that should be, again, something that we are adopting more just because it can create, you can create ideas together um, and you can create hopefully better outcomes as well for clients by doing that. How important is workplace culture in keeping you in your roles? Oh, like the most important. But it people, I think people think, people sometimes think culture means, you know, like, yeah, like we were saying for like a ping pong tournament or, you know, I don't know, like, like free breakfast every month or like whatever it is. And as much as, yeah, okay, that's a nice to have, that doesn't build culture. What builds culture is the company investing in things like BME PR pros or, you know, like whether that's the exec program or the blueprint status. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got six pillars at, so obviously Harvard's owned by VCCP. So we've got um, the kind of wider kaleidoscope rise um beam networks that we're part of but then harvard itself also has six pillars so testing me now mm-hmm. um lgbtq plus gender disability neurodiversity socioeconomic which i'm on and another one um uh race oh my gosh <laughs> oh, no, look at I again race for god's sake <laughs> awkward um 
Yeah, so we've got six pillars and I think the company's really good at kind of being, it's not just like, hey, I'm going to put my, you know, hand up for to be on the socioeconomic pillar and I'm just going to sit here and put it on something to talk about my CV or whatever. It's kind of like, this is our goal for the end of quarter. This is our goal for the next quarter. This is our kind of overall goal for the year. This is how we're going to work with clients to achieve this. And then in agency, and I think having those kind of, we say it to clients all the time, but having those kind of like tangible goals that you then are held accountable for as well is the most important thing in moving the industry forward right because I mean yeah that's it really mm. yeah I, I would yeah I completely agree culture is definitely the number one thing and it's shouldn't be tokenistic and it shouldn't just be about like holidays or whatever it whatever but um I for me I think um, at Blurred that there's a lot of respect and sort of seeing you as a full human so you have like a full life outside of work as well and um, giving you the flexibility to work when it makes sense and as long as you're sort of like delivering your best and like meeting deadlines it's not so rigid as kind of a nine to five and I really think that's important for allowing people if you have children or if you're a carer or whatever it might be you you obviously have all these responsibilities and how you juggle those should really be um up to you if you're at the end of the day um as well yeah and personally I had to take some time off because I had um, an operation and I had some time kind of before and after and Blurred was really amazing at making me feel very supportive I've obviously been sick during the other seven years <laughs> of my career in PR and often when I've taken time out I felt like oh a bit stressed like no one's really there filling in my role I better like hurry back whereas this experience was really different um we use like some freelance support and also just restructured resource a bit so I had a lot of um support and my accounts were like fully taken care of from that sense so I didn't feel that stress of like oh, I need to rush back and not take the time that I needed to recover and um and I think that's yeah it's just one example but I think that's really the role that um, a workplace, a good workplace culture should provide. It should make people feel really supportive and like able to voice like concerns or whatever's going on in their life. I think that's, yeah, super important and something that lots of workplaces, not just in PR, need to work on. Yeah. And in terms of another question we ask in the survey actually is about being in the office. Hmm. Do you have particular views on that, on sort of how how useful it is to be in the office and how many days you like to be in or is it a kind of movable movable feast our office is shut on a monday and a friday that's often that's also to do with our b call status so um, it helps for environmental reasons that we're not sort of heating and etc an office five days a week um but also it just kind of makes sense people don't love being in on a monday or a friday and i think often attendance in offices kind of drops off at those points um so we're in um tuesday wednesday thursday but again if if you need to be um i think it's sort of a maximum of two days and if you need to be out for any other reason that's also acceptable um and it's just back to that point of being respectful of people's time what else they have on like other responsibilities that they might have um but equally it is really really nice to be back and like see people in person I find it really energizing to be with people I wouldn't like to be five days remote at all um but some weeks like yeah you just you would rather be at home because you get more done like sometimes I need that focus time and it's really great to have that flexibility I think yeah just treating people as adults who can manage their time is really important 
Yeah. I think for me, it's um, when we're in the office five days a week, you just be- you become a bit of a sponge for the things around you. And I think we probably didn't realise actually how valuable that was in progressing our careers. You know, whether it was and I distinctly remember so many conversations between when I was a, when I was JEAE and there'd be an SAM and an associate talking and they'd be saying something about, you know, um, we need to deliver X for X client, blah, blah, blah. And I would have been in on a conversation that maybe neither of them were on or like had a separate conversation with the client and being able to feed that information and that actually making, you know, a valuable contribution, I think was really important. If I wasn't in the office, I wouldn't have heard that conversation. So I wouldn't have known. Um, So I think it's just general stuff like that. And also like, it sounds so simple, but when someone's working from home, you can't see how they feel. And being, you know, working in the industry that we do where, it's fast paced because the news never stops, right? Like that's actually why it's, you know, why it's fast paced. So being in an industry that's kind of like constantly evolving, never stopping because there's always something new coming out. You don't actually know how anybody's feeling at any given moment, but seeing them physically in the office, it helps you see kind of, okay, they look a bit stressed. I was going to send this thing to them, but actually I can just do it myself. Or maybe I work with this person on the time, like whatever it is, like all those simple things I think are, are really valuable. And obviously we lost that a little bit. So it's nice to be able to have some of that back. Great. Um, I want to move on to AI. Um, what's what's your view of of AI? It's, it's something that we, we um, asked in the survey uh, recently, we specifically asked the question uh, of the Gen Z uh, comms professionals if they think AI will take their jobs, and most said no. Um, do you see AI as more of a threat than an opportunity? What, what are your thoughts on uh, on that particular topic? Yeah, I mean, I don't think AI is going to take my job. Um, I think that there's, and we, you know, we've been having this conversation with client spokespeople. They've been informing us. We've been informing them, um, obviously, since ChatGPT launched and and kind of beyond that. Um, I think that there's certain things. Obviously, we all know that it does well. Um, you know, you can. I think it crafts like. I mean, I've never used ChatGPT, but I really feel like maybe I should give it a go. Um, but I think it crafts kind of like the basis of something well and then you can kind of fine-tune that but I think and we were actually having this conversation with a client the other day just on a press release call where um a spokesperson was talking like an internal spokesperson was saying yep type this this and this into chat GPT this is the press release that it came out with think it's pretty good um and our client afterwards was like it's it doesn't deliver the same nuance and it doesn't deliver the same message and it doesn't have you know the brand voice and I think it's just like that's obviously just like one example um but I feel like we can all rest assured that we provide something more valuable than AI at the moment. Who knows? Ask me in five years and then I'll be able to give you a better answer. Yeah, I totally agree. I think AI does a good job of pulling together information that's out there in a coherent way. I think where our role comes in as like consultants is that we can really add that extra layer on top of it. Um, and that shouldn't really be lost because that's the value that we're really delivering at the end of the day. So similarly, at the moment, it's a no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this chat's gone incredibly uh, quickly. I can't believe that we're sort of getting towards, you know, the end of our, our questions. But I did want to sort of um, end on uh, the same question that we ended on last time when we had a, a, a sort of similar topic. If you could change one thing about the industry, what would it be? I think 
I think for me, it's training role models in the way that you would want them to role model you. And I think, you know, we, and this is not just across PR and comms, this is across kind of all industries, but there's this idea that obviously you kind of, you know, you go from X level to Y level to Z level, whatever it is. And with your responsibilities growing, you're automatically given someone to manage or X number of people to manage and X number of people to line manage and direct and whatever it is. But if you're not given the training to manage them, then you're harming their career more than you are nurturing them and growing them. So I think the biggest thing for me that I want to see the industry do is invest more in training managers to be the best role models that they can be. And I think that will actually shape the course of the the industry in a positive way. That's a really good point, isn't it? So people just get really good at account handling and so on. And yeah. then they stop doing that as much. Yeah. And then they start managing people who are doing it. And it is yeah. a different job. It is 100%. a different job. I mean, I've been I'm biased because I've been really lucky. And I, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm not going to say all their names because I'll probably forget one. Um, but I've had really good managers and line managers across my whole time um in PR, but I know that and actually wider as well. Um, but I know that's not been the case for everybody. So I think that's what I'm kind of set on creating for the industry good stuff um Malini? uh so i'll come back again to the diversity and inclusion point i think it's really the area where the pr industry needs to improve um i think yeah just generally pr is meant to be that interface between sort of everyone and then whoever your client is and if you're not representing those um, different voices inside your agency I think you're not coming at it from the best perspective that you could be Um, I think as well often we focus on like the talent pipeline a lot and the excuse that's given is often there's not enough diverse talent out there when actually there's a lot of um, talent within the industry um, that isn't being nurtured as well as it should be. Um, often you see quite a lot of um, diverse talent as well dropping out quite quickly. And I think it's that lack of, it's a lack of the role models. You sort of m- might lose confidence in what you're doing or think this is industry isn't right for me. Um, but equally, it's that lack of investment and time and training. Um, and I think I think, yeah, there's a long way to go on both those things. At the same time, there are lots of really amazing networks um, that are pushing towards this and there are opportunities to learn and be nurtured in your career. But I do think, yeah, it's really critical that we take care of people throughout um, the sort of all different levels and make sure that we're promoting people and giving them the opportunities um, to progress as well. Okay, well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks so much to Amandeep, Malini and Eliza for taking part. um, And thanks to you all for listening. Remember to check out Noise in Brief, our other podcast on news and developments in the industry, which goes live next week. Until next time, goodbye.
Okay, well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks so much to Amandeep, Malini and Eliza for taking part. Um, and thanks to you all for listening. Remember to check out Noise in Brief, our other podcast on news and developments in the industry, which goes live next week. Until next time, goodbye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.